Whenever we pray, whenever we pray. 
afternoon and I think it's night uh, in Kenya. So before we start, I want to um, invite my husband to pray for this message and for all of us uh, that God is going to speak through, through us in the mighty name of Jesus. Okay. I greet you all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, let's pray for the word of God. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Heavenly Father, that you are real and you are great. There is no God like you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in this platform, oh God, from whatever part of the world or of, the, of this United States we are gathered to hear you, oh God. I pray that your voice will, will come out to us intensely, immensely, and, um, and intently in the name of Jesus, that we will be able to um, identify with your voice, listen to it, obey it, and do, and do what you want us to do, oh God. Heavenly Father, we invite your presence. In Jesus, we declare and affirm that you are King and that you are Lord in our lives and in this forum and in the entire world, oh God. Jesus, you are Lord and you are Christ and you save and you deliver. Thank you, Lord, because you're faithful. I pray for my wife, oh God, as she shares your word. Uh, your servant, I pray that may, you, may your word come forth with the power and the anointing and the, and the flames of fire that brings revelation inside of your word that will change and transform and translate um, the, the power that is in your word to real life experiences that will be transformational and generational. And so we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it's, I mean, uh, sometimes I will require, sometimes when you say praise God, you want to hear people saying amen. So if you cannot say it, you just raise up your hand. I know that uh, people are in different locations and sometimes we may not be able to see you physically here, but um, I hope you can even tap on the reaction part down there. You cannot just tap and say amen, amen, you know, so that we can be together. One, praise God. So today I am stepping in for uh, the servant of God, Pastor John Jeru. And I want to thank God for this opportunity that uh, God has presented it to me to speak this morning. So before we speak, I was just uh, encouraged by what uh, one of the um, governors in Florida he said that they are going to allow a moment of silence in schools. So before we start our meeting today, my brothers and sisters, our children, I want us to take a minute to just think about God's goodness, meditate upon what God has done for us this past week, and even trust him for the coming week in the mighty name of Jesus. So I'm going to put my timer on. We can just take a minute of silence and then we can move on from there. All right, let's take that moment of silence. I wish everybody would be seen so that we can see all of us taking the moment. Okay. Just close your eyes. Think about what God has done. Think about his goodness. Think about the many battles that he has fought for you as a person, as a family. Look at what God has done in your life. Take that time of thanking him too. Take also that time of believing him for greater things ahead. Take time and thank God for your parents, for just giving you a roof under your head providing for your food and all your needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are going to start our message today. Um, and our message, um, as uh, the servant of God put it, was the overcomer's challenge or just being an overcomer. So he mentioned that in this life, really, we face challenges, we face moments of discouragement, we face moments where we feel that we are worth nothing. But one thing that we need to know is that we should be ready to live as overcomers because that is what Jesus Christ wants us to be as children, as adults, as parents, even in our careers, God wants us to be overcomers. And therefore, we can say that the word overcoming or the word overcomer is actually a spiritual word or it's a spiritual issue. And it has been there for a long time. When you talk about it in military, um, military vocabulary, it means conquering, to conquer, to win, to defeat, praise God. And so as members of God's kingdom, 
we are called to conquer the barriers that are existing between us and our victory or the barriers the barriers that are in existence between us and our destiny praise god and so these obstacles we must overcome um can just be categorized in three um into three uh categories this is one of them is sin the other one is the world and the other one is the devil so our own sinful nature is an obstacle the temptations of uh, the temptations that we go through in everyday life are also the obstacles and the devil himself is an obstacle but praise to be be to jesus because in god has equipped us uh, to overcome every barrier in our path god has given us the power the bible says that he has given us the power to trample on snakes and scorpions and nothing nothing shall harm us if you believe that you already have the spirit of, of an overcomer in you because in this life i know scorpions are dangerous things snakes are dangerous things and so when you think about stepping on a snake, it will really take you a lot of courage. And once you crush it, once you finish it, you now can say, oh, thank you, Jesus. I have won the battle. Praise God. So when we think about it, there are so many stories in the Bible or narratives in the Bible that talk about um, people who have overcome. Uh, maybe I can just talk about two cases in point. One case is Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph? Remember what he went through? Remember what happened to him? Do you know the battles that he was going through? Do you remember the obstacles that were presented on his path um, to his success? Can you just think about the way his brothers took him and threw him into the uh, pit? And then they said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't have to throw, leave him there. No, 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 no. Let us sell him. Let us sell him. So that was the second battle. The first one, they threw him in the pit. The second one, they sold him to different people to become a slave. I cannot imagine what Joseph went through before he even got to, Potiphar, to, to Potiphar's house. And when he got there again, oh, he meets Potiphar's wife. Who puts a trap on him? Obstacles and obstacles along his way. As if that is not enough. Do you know what happened? He was thrown to jail, closed forever, that nobody would get him, nobody would reach him. The only thing that would reach him is just food and water that were being dropped into his cell. Guess what? He never gave up. He never gave up. He continued believing that one day God is going to come through for him. And then one time it happened that Pharaoh dreamt and he was called in to interpret the dream. And finally he became the second in command. Alas, even overcomer, whatever was meant to close him out, finally brought him in and put him on top, praise God. 
Today, I don't want us to talk so much about Joseph. We don't want to go into those very small details. Let's talk about David. And before I talk about David, there's a movie I watched another time. It is called The Graffalo. I don't know if you children, you have watched it. So this, The Graffalo, he was a huge, humongous animal. And then there was a mouse in the story. But we are not talking about the graffalo here. In fact, when I started watching the movie, I thought they were talking about the graffalo. No, the story was actually about the mouse, the tiny mouse just roaming around in the bush. Nobody even recognizes it. In fact, whatever um, animals are in the forest or in the bush can trample on him and crush him. But you know what? The mouse encouraged himself and said, because I have to cross over to the other side and get food, what am I supposed to do? He brought the strength that was within him in form of the graffalo. And so he went around. And every obstacle he faced, I think, he faced so many animals that were ready to eat him and crush him. But every time he told him, you know what? My friend is called a graffalo and he loves to eat. Oh, he loves to eat such animals like you. Do you want to meet him? And every time he asked them that, they would recoil and disappear and he would pass. Look at that courage. He met the other obstacle. I think he met the snake. He met the fox. He met the birds who are willing to eat him alive. But every time he came up with a story and always he referred the graffalo as his friend. And he would feign, uh, he, he went and uh, stood somewhere and his shadow, he would use his shadow to scare away these animals. Finally, he even met the graffalo himself. And I saw him swallow saliva. He was so scared. But already he had built confidence within himself. And he moved forward and he told the graffalo, you know what, graffalo? Hmm. I have a friend. And he scared away the graffalo. And the graffalo himself, the giant himself, ran away and disappeared. And the mouse was able to go to the other side, pick his food and come back to his house peacefully. Nobody was troubling him. So this story reminds me about David. David in the Bible. We're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter um, 17. This is a story in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But I'm going to ask Carlton to read for us Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 19 to 22. Carlton, can you please read for us? Yes. Mm -hmm. It says, in another battle with the Philistines at Gob, Hananian, son of Jer, the Bethlehemite, killed the brother of Goliath the Gittit, who had a spear with a shaft like a weaver's rod. In still another battle which took place at Gath, there was a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all. He also was descended from Rapha. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, son of Shimna, David's brother, killed him. 
These four were descendants of Rapha and Gath, and they fell at the hands of David and his men. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carlton. Look at the way they have described Goliath. Look at his physical features. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. Laura, can you read for us? 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. A champion, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the first time camp. His weight was Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. They called him even a champion. They called him a champion. And so before I go into the specifications of these verses, I'm going to put out three things that set Goliath apart, apart that made him to be seen as a giant, to be feared. What are these three things that set him apart? One of the things that set him apart was his size. The second thing that set him apart was the sight. When you just look at him, you would just get scared. It's the sight of Goliath. The, the third thing is his voice. His voice was so loud that when he roared, Everybody would just run tempering for their safety and hide because they didn't want to meet him. So let's look at these three things. The first thing that we, we are going to look at was the size of Goliath. As Laura has read to us is that they called him a champion. And, they, and his height was six cubits a span. Can you imagine... Um, Picture in your mind the basketball players that we have today. They are so tall. They are so big. I know one called, I think, I'm not a basketball um, fan, but one of them that I know is called Shaquille O'Neal, I think. And he is tall and huge. And every time I see him playing, really, I get excited. But we are told Goliath was bigger than that. During a time when the average man's height was about five feet tall, the measurements of Goliath were really astounding. He stood six cubits and a span, you know, six, I don't know, six feet taller. I mean, he was taller than six feet, which means he was somewhere between nine feet um, maybe nine feet tall, because we know people six feet, they are very tall. That would make him at least two feet taller than the biggest players in basketball and people that we know. And more than, than a foot taller than the tallest human alive today. There's a, I mean, uh, there's someone called Sultan Kosen who measures eight feet. He is the tallest person alive today, but Goliath was taller than that. Can you see how a physical feature of someone would just make him a giant? He's just physical features. Even though he didn't have experience in war, even though he didn't have experience with 
with fighting or even using any weapon, just his size would make people think that he was such a, a, a scare, you know, such a, 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 a strong warrior. Let's continue with the story. His site, the site of Goliath. I'm going to ask Benjamin, he's going to read First Samuel chapter 17, verse 5 to 7. It says, he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a pot of scale armor bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was swung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Can you see why the Israelites did not come out to fight him? Because the sight of him alone, whatever he was wearing, he was wearing very heavy um, uh, armory. He was wearing a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. Just imagine that, that image. One, he is already nude. Two, he is wearing very heavy armory on him. On him. And then, let's go down and see the shout of Goliath, his voice now, his size, what he was wearing, the, what people were seeing from the outside, and now his voice. Let's have Ryan read for us First Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 to 10. He stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israel, why have you come out to this draw for battle? Am I, am I not a Philistine, or are you not servants or soul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then he, we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him then and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Amen. 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 So he engaged them in a challenge. He asked them with his loud voice, let one person, let that one person come out and engage with me in this fight. And if he wins over me, we will be your servants. And if we win, you will be our slaves. Just the voice alone, the Israelites, I mean, they could not come out to fight. They just decided to run away. It is important to, to know that this is hap doesn't happen these days. It happened before in old days that people used to engage in combat as a, a, I mean, it's a common practice where uh, one side would send one person and the other side would send one person, the, the one that they believed was the strongest to fight on their behalf. So there was no like teamwork here. It was supposed to be just choose one person from here and choose the other person from there. But thank God today we have teamwork, praise God. Thank God today we can fellowship together and overcome these battles together, praise God. So in those days, there was nothing like that. Bring me one person and I am here and then we fight. But 
we need to have that spirit in us. So this story of David and Goliath, really, he's bringing out the physical uh, strengths of Goliath. I was reading all this story and I could not see anywhere that it said he believed in God. He believed in something. He believed in someone. He was courageous. I didn't read anywhere like that. What I read is his physical features. And make no mistake, that is where we make mistakes. We look at things from the physical presentation. And because of that, we end up not overcoming it because already in our mind, we have looked at it the way it looks from the outside. Remember when David was being chosen as a king, what happened? Samuel, even though he was a servant of God, he, when he went there, his initial concentration was on the physical presentation of David's brothers. They were tall, they were huge, they were handsome, they had all the muscles, but no, that is not what God was looking for. And finally, they just had to say, oh, we have just another brother there. And I think in their mind, they had said it that he is weak. He doesn't know anything. His work is just to run errands up and down. Take this there. Please, David, can you go and watch over the ship? Yes, dad. And he would run. Please, David, can you run and uh, take food to your brothers who are in battle? Yes, dad. And he would run. And nobody knew what God has been doing in his life when he was out there taking care of the ship. Let us look at David. So David comes in, in this battle, and we are only going to look at three things about David. David comes in, his father asks him, please, can you take food to your brothers? And he says, yes, dad, as obedient as he has always been, he takes his food. But what does he carry with him? Do you remember what he carried with him? His weapons that he had been used to, a sling and a stone, just those two. I mean, a, a sling and a few stones in a small bag, I believe. And he went, I guess he was going singing, whistling, remembering what God has done through him while he was taking care of the sheep. And there he went and he reached the battlefield. And what do we see when he reached the battlefield? I would like Solomon to read for us 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 18. Take along these 10 cheese to the commander of their units to see how your brothers are and bring back some news assurance from amen them. amen so he was just being sent go take food to them and come back and tell me what is going on why haven't they won this battle or have they won this goliath and so what happens in 
1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. I am still going to ask Solomon to read it for us. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 20. Early in the morning, David left the flock with his shepherd loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to, to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Mm-hmm. So he went there and he decided to say, oh, Daddy, can you take care of the sheep on my behalf? Let me go where you have sent me. And so he went. And when he reached there, the army, even though they were many, I mean, the army, they were many. They were singing the war song or war cry. I don't know what kind of a cry this was. I don't know whether they were crying um, that we are not able to fight Goliath, or I don't know whether they were crying, asking, who is going to save us from these Philistines? I don't know what kind of song they were singing. But you can imagine a group of warriors, strength. I mean, they were strong. They had all the strength that you could imagine. They had the muscles. They had the, the, the armor they were wearing. They were also um, working together. But still, they were crying. Why? Because the physical appearance of Goliath had really taken away all their courage. But let us look at three things that set David apart. One of the things is the conviction of David. The second thing is the courage of David. And the last thing was his confidence. We are going to look at his conviction. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 26, Elisha, can you read for us? And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills Philistine and takes away the reapproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies and of the living God. Amen. What Amen. shall be done? Thank you so much, Elisha. What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from the Israel, from Israelites? That was David's question when we when he heard Goliath roaring and shouting. When David got to the camp, he dutifully gave out the food. And he ran to the army and greeted his brothers. Hi, brothers, how are you doing? And I think his brothers saw that he, they, he was laughing at them because him, he had not been in the battlefield before. And so he did not understand what was going on. And so, but his brothers, I think he could see them scared and worried. And so he just greeted them and told them, I have brought you food. And so he was also supposed to take back the report to his father. So he wanted his brothers to tell him what had happened in the battlefield. As they were talking, Goliath came out and David got agitated and was like, 
why is this person scaring all these warriors, all these army men here? Why is he scaring them? And so he, he decided to take the challenge and ask, what will be done to a person who puts down this Philistine? And I guess he was told what the king, Saul himself, had given out, that whoever brings down this Goliath, whoever brings down this Philistine, will be given by my daughter as his wife. And so David took the challenge. He said, okay, fine, I will do it. In his mind, he did not know the magnitude. He only knew that this is a giant and he had to be killed. But you know what? When you read the story of David before he came to this battlefield, he already had been prepared. Praise God. God had already prepared him for this battle. It's only that his brothers did not know. He had killed a lion. He had killed a bear by himself. And therefore, God had already equipped him with the skills. He had believed in God and he had destroyed those two great animals. And so when he looked at Goliath, he was like, in his mind, I want to believe. You are not like the lions I killed in the, in the, in the bush when I was taking care of my dad's sheep. You are not like that bear. Bring it on. Why would someone just say, bring it in? He had this conviction that the God who was able to help him to kill the lion and the bear is the same God who will give him the strength to kill the Goliath. And therefore, he did not worry. We are faced with situations in this life where we need to remember what God has done for us in the past. As, we, as you grow up, our children, you need to know that the battles that you are overcoming as children are building you for a greater battle ahead of you, and you will only need God. You will only need those small Bible verses that you are reading every day with your parents. You will need those songs that you have been singing with your parents and meditating upon the word of God. You will need them because they are the ones that will encourage you to face the giants that will be ahead of you. Please remember that the giants that we face in this life today are not physical giants. They are giants that are brought by the circumstances and the situations that we face as we continue our journey with Jesus Christ. At some point you will meet friends who do not like you. What do you do? You refer to the word of God, love them anyway. This is what the Bible says. Love your enemy as you love yourself. The small experiences that you go through today are the ones that are building you for the greater battles that you will have as you grow up in your life. He had that conviction. He knew without any doubt that Jesus will come through for me to kill this Goliath. The second one, courage. 
When David's eldest brother, Eliab, heard him asking about the reward he was, he was furious. His brother was furious. And this one brings in the issue that the people who surround us sometimes do not even believe in our, in, in our abilities, you know. Don't worry about that. Whatever God has already deposited in you is enough to give you the courage to face the giant. Let us have Nyambura read for us 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28 to 29. Now Eliab and his oldest brother, his oldest brother heard when he spoke to the man. And Eliab's name was a against David, and he said, Why did you come down here? And with the bulls and you left those few sheep in the wilderness. How do you find in the insolence of your heart? For you have come down to see the valley. And David said, What have I done now? Is there my cause? And he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones said, did. Amen. Look at that answer. Look at Eliam trying to block David from doing what he has been convicted by God to do. In his heart, he knows that God has been fighting my battles in the past. And so this battle is nothing before my God. And what happens to the people who are surrounding David? They want to block him. They want to prevent him from, from doing what God has purposed for him to do in that battlefield. Let me just think about a story I read in the Bible about a paralytic man. There was a man who was sick and he had four friends or he had four men who are around him at that time. And these four people decided that if we have to have this man receive the healing that he needs, we have to take him to Jesus. And so they had to prepare a mat and carry him to Jesus. And when they got to where Jesus was, there was a crowd. I want to believe that even maybe in this crowd were some relatives of this man, and they didn't bother about taking him to Jesus because they were saying that man is sick. Forget about him. Let him die at home. Let us just go and see Jesus. They are following the miracle worker, and yet they don't believe that the miracle worker can still heal their paralytic man. And so these four men came in, and they found this crowd. And what happened? They could not get to Jesus because of the reason of that crowd. And so they had to go up to the roof and break the roof and lower this person to Jesus. And when God so looked up where this person had come from, he saw those eight eyes and he said, your faith has healed this man. Praise God, look at that. Do not, as an individual, do not, as a child, allow the people around you to block you from achieving 
what God has set for you. Because they will always be there. As you grow up, you will meet people who will disparage you, people who will block you, people who will mock you. But have that courage like David and say, I will go and fight Goliath. Praise God. I will use whatever God has given me and I will go and fight him. Courage really does not mean the absence of fear. In fact, it is in that fear that you respond in courage and say, fear, I am not going to give in to you. I will respond in courage in this situation. Praise God. Lastly, about David, his confidence. So David was so confident that God was going to fight for him. David knew that God has fought for him before, and so he was going to fight for him. Such a simple situation as that of Goliath, as that of being sent to take food to his brother, was going to be the situation where God was going to manifest himself through the life of David. Let's have the last person read for us. This is Amani, yes. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 45 to 47. Okay. 1 Samuel chapter 17, 45 to 47. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of the hosts, the God of the armies and Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy hand from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wildest to the wildest beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all assembly shall know that the Lord's Sabbath will not with the sword and the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give unto you into our hands. Amen. The battle belongs to the Lord. Praise God. When you are sure about that, you will not fear what uh, the situation is, whether you are sick, whether you don't have a home, whether you don't have food, whether you don't have friends, whether some opportunities are being taken away from you, you will not fear because why? The battle belongs to the Lord. Look at David. He just went to Goliath with a stone and a sling. And I want to to look at Goliath, where Goliath was standing, the way he was laughing at David and asking himself, why are they sending me this small child to fight me? He looked like a weakling. He looked like someone who did not have experience in war or in battle. But you know what? In the eyes of God, we are all overcomers. Praise God. It doesn't matter what you have or what you do not have. Remember, the barrel belongs to the Lord. Use what God has given you. Use the words that have been given you by your parents. Use the word that is in the Bible, the word of God. 
And you know what? The word of God is God himself. He will correct you. He will strengthen you. He will admonish you. He will bring the best of you so that you as a child of God will be an effective servant in his house or an effective, we can say, overcomer. Praise God. In conclusion, therefore, what are we saying? The giant had the physical features only. He had the size, he had the voice, and he had his dressing, which were very scary to the eyes. But this servant of God called David, he had the inner strength, the inner conviction, and he had confidence in the Lord that as I face this giant, it shall be well with me. Praise God. So children, my fellow brothers and sisters, let us go out there in the conviction of the word of God, the courage that we have been given through the word of God and the confidence that it shall be well. We are more than overcomers in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Lillian. That was so powerful. I just want to take a minute and just uh, thank each parent for letting your children to join this. I'm telling you, this is not in vain. I feel from the bottom of my heart to say this. Um, every time you read that word, it, it, it gives you something. You know, when, in times of adversity, in times of trouble, this is where you will run to. I want us to just take a minute and, and just a second to think about, I know you guys have heard about this girl called uh, Carrie. The, the, the one who was running for track, as, as just a slight mistake that has changed her life completely. She just went ahead and smoked marijuana, you know, marijuana. And I just want to tell you children, I have purposed in my, in my heart to pray for this girl because the devil is a liar. But whatever we are doing right now, we are building a ground for you guys. And for you guys just to sit down for one hour to listen to the word of God, this is not in vain because you could be anywhere else doing something else. But you have taken your time to sit down to listen to the word of God. And today, Sister Lillian has, has given us a, a really powerful word. Yet be still and know that the Lord is there for you. And, and without God, you cannot go anywhere. And so as we continue, I would like us to continue to pray for her because I believe in a God of a second chance, actually many chances. We are going to pray for, for Carrie to go back on track and yes, she is going to, co to compete. And we are going to pray for God to comfort her. She's one of us. She's only 21 years old, you know? And so guys, parents and children that have joined, my brothers, my sisters, I just wanted to let you know that this is not in vain. And before we continue to Kahoot, I'll just pray and wind up. And thank you so much, Sister Lillian. Let us go ahead and pray before we go to Kahoot. 
Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you, God, with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you for speaking to us so powerfully, oh God. And God, yet you're still reminding us that this is not in vain, God. For us to sit every Saturday for one hour, God, it shows that we have put you as our priority, oh God. My God, I'm a savior. your word says, my Jehovah, that seek ye the kingdom of God first and all these things that we are looking for, God will be added unto us, God. In times of trouble, our children will not run and smoke bang. They will not run to other people and ask for, 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 for help, but they will run to you, God. They will run to your word and find solace there. My God and my savior, I know this is not even as we continue to bring them in your word that God you are planting a seed a seed of greatness in them I know we have mm. so many testimonies saints of God I want us to have a testimony Saturday Amen. one of these fine days whereby the youth will just come and say of what the Lord has done I don't know about you guys but I know mm -hmm. in my house I have seen God mm -hmm. I have seen God working miracles Carlton mm -hmm. has a huge testimony he was just accepted to an honor college you know that's huge you know, they mm -hmm. pick so few people for that. That's a miracle. It reminds mm -hmm. me of what we are doing is not in vain. So children, mm -hmm. for you joining and the parents that are letting their children join, may God bless you. This is not in vain. This is mm -hmm. not in vain. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. we pray and believe. Amen. Mm. I don't know why I, I, I felt like saying that. And as you continue in your closing prayer, let us continue to pray for that girl. I can't pronounce it the right way. I think it's Carrie. Shakiri, let us continue to pray for her comeback because she will come back. She will come back in Jesus' name. And the devil is a liar in Jesus' name. 